go your way. Sing it out. We're giving it. We're giving it all the way away. We're giving it all to go your way. Here we go. In the Father. In the Father, there is freedom. There is hope in the name that is Jesus. Lay your life down. Give it all now. We are found in the love of the Savior. We've come alive in you. Set free to know the truth. So our lives will never be the same. We're giving it all. We're giving it all the way away. We're giving it all to go your way. See that. We're giving it all the way, your way. Come on. We're giving it all to go your way. And everybody clap now. Here we go. We are sold. We are sold out to your calling. Everything that we are for your glory. Take our hearts now. Have it all now. Let our lives shine the light like this morning. We've come alive in you. Set free to know the truth. Our lives, so our lives will never be the same. Maybe I'll see it out. We're giving it all the way away. We're giving it all to go your way. See it out. We're giving it all the way. Giving it all to go your way. Come on, just the drums and voices. We're giving it. We're giving it all away, away. See that? We're giving. We're giving it all away, your way. We're giving it all to go your way. Come on, everybody. And everybody clap now. Go clap. You go roll back. Roll back the curtains from our eyes. And now we can see you. Show us the way the truth. Your life. Here we go. We offer our lives. We offer our lives to bring you fame. We're caught in your freedom. We're caught in your freedom. We're giving it all. We're giving it all away. Your way. Sing it out. We're giving it all to go your way. Come on, sing it out. We're giving it all away. Your way. We're giving it all to go. Sing it. Talking my pray. Holy, 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 holy. Sing it out. Come on, sing it out today. 
just the ladies. And Come on, ladies, sing it out. Ole, 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 ole. Come on, sing it out. Come on, fellas, sing it out. Ole, 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 ole. Come on. Ole, 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 ole. Everybody sing it out. Ole. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Oh, God, you're so good. Oh, come on, give him praise. Come on, if all you can say is Jesus, look to your neighbor, go ahead and shake him, and just say, Jesus is here. Come on, shake your neighbor, shake him and say, Jesus is here. Oh. <laughs> oh, we just had like a soccer game and worship at the same time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ole, 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 ole. Come sing it out. Ole. Come on, run around the church. Ole, ole, ole. Come on, run. Ole, 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 ole. Let me hear you. No. One more time. Ole, 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 ole. Come on, let Ole. Every time we run around this church, it just it reminds me of this one famous song. Someone said, uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. It's a favorite song where God gets us to do everything and anything he wants. Y'all know that song? Who knows that song? How about a Jesus you make? Jesus is going to make around this church more. <laughs> How about this? Ready? I hope you brought your running shoes today. Because we're going to move around for the Lord. Here we go. In Jesus, you make everything beautiful. In Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Sing it out. In Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Y'all ready? In you make your children. You make your children jump. Go jump. Jesus, you make. 
Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Come clap. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Yes, Jesus, you make everything beautiful. And you make, here we go. And you make your children. You make your children spin. Come on, spin. Come on and spin somebody. Come on. Come on and spin your neighbor. Oh, come on and spin. Come spin. Come spin. Jesus, you make. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. And you make, and you make. There's a new one. Here we go. Chill. You make your children roll on the floor. Come on and roll. Come on and roll. Roll, 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 roll. Jesus, you make. And Jesus, you make me. Jesus, you make everything beautiful, and you make, and you make, you make your children, Lord, lift up a giant shout, hallelujah, Jesus, you make, and Jesus, you make, let me hear you. Jesus, you make everything, you make everything, and you make, you make your children run, we run, come on and run, come on, run, come on, run, on, Jesus, you make, here we go, and Jesus, you make the sign of worship that we can just worship God. How many of you guys free in this place? No, 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 no. How many of you guys free? Come on, lift your voice. Come Jesus, you make. Here we go, last one. And Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. And Jesus, you Everything beautiful, and you make your children sing. Oh, come on, if he's been good to you, come on, just right now, tell him in your own words. Come on, make it real today. You have a loving God. When's the last time you were real with God and tell them how much you loved him? Tell him all the things that he's doing for you. 
You may be going through some hard times. You may be seeing some nasty things. But if those who had Jesus inside of them have been given a new life, the given of the Spirit, it's a freedom from sin. It's a freedom from hell. It's a freedom from the traps of the enemy, from Satan. Oh, there's freedom in this place. Oh, you make us sing. You make us sing, Lord. unto Him an attitude of worship with all eyes closed let's just focus on Jesus oh when He died on the cross last week we celebrated Easter and we declared to the entire world that He was risen that He's no longer in that grave you can search the grave of Buddha and find the bones of Buddha you can search the grave of Muhammad and find his bones lying there but if you go to the tomb, he's not there. He's risen. Come on, we serve a risen king. Oh, Lord. Fire, fall down. Yeah, fire, fall down on us, we pray. Sing it out. Yeah, fire. Fall down in your fire, fall down on us, we pray. Every voice sing out. Your fire, fall down in your fire, fall down on us, we pray. And as we seek your fire, fall down in your fire. Fall down on us, we pray. We'll sing your fire. Your fire. Fall down. Your fire. Fall down. On us we pray. Come on, sing it out. Your fire, fall down. Your fire, fall down. On us we pray. And as we seek your fire, fall down. Your fire, fall down. On us we pray. As we seek your fire, fall down your fire, fall down on us, we pray. Sing your fire, your fire, fall down your fire, fall down on us, we pray. We'll see how it's safe, your fire. 
worship you, God. We praise you. We ask that your fire, your all-consuming fire, everlasting flame would come upon our hearts, God. God, convict us of our sin, God. Let us be broken for the things that break your heart. And if we ask that your fire would consume us, God, the way we think, Father, you die so you give us freedom. We're free from sin. Father, we ask that your fire will transform our lives, will transform our ways, will transform our minds, so that we wouldn't think the same way, God.
walk in the room. So here we are. But here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. So kind of glory come down. So kind of glory come down. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. So kind of glory come down. So kind of glory come down. Sing, we wait, we wait for you. We wait for you. We wait for you. To walk in the room. Come tell them, we wait. We wait for you, yes, Lord. We wait for you, yes, Lord. We wait for you, King Jesus, to walk in the room. Here we are. Standing in the presence, here we are. Standing in the presence, to kind of glory come down. To kind of glory, so sing it out. Here we are. Here we are. Standing in your presence, and here we are. Standing in your presence, to kind of glory come down. Come sing. Here we are. Oh, here we are. Standing in your presence. And Standing in your presence, to kind of glory come down, to kind of, here we are, here we are, standing in your presence, and here we are, standing in your presence, to kind of glory come down, sing release, release the fullness of your spirit, to kind of glory come so kind of glory come, release the fullness of your spirit. So kind of glory come, so kind of glory come, release the fullness of your spirit. So kind of glory come, so kind of glory come. Release the fullness of your spirit. She kind of glory come. She kind of glory come. Oh, I want you to come, Lord. Come and invade this service. Come and invade our worship. Oh, we ask for you to come, Lord.
Jesus, a half apple praise. Come on. Right now, just close your eyes all in this house. No music, just you and God. Let's just take the next minute, okay? Next minute, and let's just thank God for three things. Come on. Just thank you for three things. God, I thank you that I woke up today. God, I thank you for my health. God, I thank you for Jesus. God, I thank you for my family and friends. Come on, thank them. Come on, 30 more seconds. Thank you for all that you're doing in this youth group. Come on with all eyes closed and heads bowed in this place. Father, I pray that you would do something in our lives. Father, I pray that you would do something in the lives of this youth. God, that their faith, that their Christianity, God, will be taken to another level. That it just wouldn't be words on a page. But it be the Spirit giving life to every person, breathing life. And Father, I pray, God, that you will place your Holy Spirit upon them, inside of them, God. Oh, in Jesus, that you will take them deeper into the love of the Father. That you will take them past just normal Christianity, normal religion, normal worship songs. That you will take them there, God. Despite whatever comes their way, Father, despite whoever comes into their life, you remain the center. Father, I pray for a youth on fire to go after you, God. A youth that say, well, I'm not perfect, but I know someone who is. And to daily go after you, God, I pray that you would change us up and that you will mess us up for your glory. Let us start today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said. Come on, give the Lord hat clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and break out. 
Let me have my Saints in the back. Let me have my JC soldiers in the corner. Let's break out. Let's do it right. The next two minutes, then we're going to break back in. Next two minutes. Test one, two, one, two. One more minute, one more minute. Fifty more seconds, fifty more seconds. Okay. Ten more seconds, ten more seconds. Amen, amen, amen. You guys can break it back in. Break it back in.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome, welcome. If we can have everybody move to the first and second rows, I want to be able to see your guys' faces. So that third row back here, if you guys can do me a favor and move, Monique, help them out. I'll move the first and second rows for me, please. Amen, amen. Well, as you guys are finding your seat, let's do our chant. But let me call up my man, Victor. My man, Victor, he had no idea I was going to call him. Give it up for Victor, y'all. My man, Victor, my brother from another mother, born on the island. You were born in Puerto Rico, right? My man, speaking Spanish and Puerto Rican. Amen. Do you say something in Puerto Rican? Um, hallelujah. Um, y'all understand that? We need a translator up in here. He's taking it deep. Amen. So I want you to lead out the elevate. What, what? Okay. But do it like how I would do it. Okay, let's see if you got it. Elevate. Elevate. We're going to take some time. We're going to work on this. I love you. As he's getting closer. You nervous a little bit? He's a little nervous. Oh, it's okay. Watch. Next time I call you up, you won't be as nervous. But I go like this. I get into it, right? Spread my legs. Spread your legs. What's up? Spread your legs, right? Right? Don't back it up now, okay? Okay. So I go like this, right? I make sure I got some flexibility. And so I go, elevate. You got to use the hand too, okay? We'll try it one more time. We'll give him one more shot. Go, go. Elevate. Give it up for Victor, y'all. My man. He's doing straight Puerto Rican. He's salsa. Elevate. My man dancing up here. I love you. I love you. Amen. Guys, welcome to Elevate, where we meet every Friday at 7.30. And if you're feeling this song like me too, go like this. It's okay to have movement. Yes. Yes. Lawrence, let me see you. Yeah. <laughs> Call you up to the stage. Amen. We meet every Friday at 7.30. Don't be late. We got some cool announcements. I want to start off with this one. We are no longer doing rides for service or life group. Okay, before I forget, we're no longer providing rides to service or from service or to life group or from life group. That does not mean we don't want you to come. Some of you are like, man, he don't want me to come then. I ain't going to go. We want every single person to come with us. Okay? We would like to see every single face and other people who are missing, we want to see them too. Okay, we want you guys to start finding a way to get here, right? Check this out. If there was a party at so-and-so's house and they said, man, it's going to be this, it's going to be this, music, guys, girls, be like, oh, snap. You would do everything and anything to get there, but now we're safe, so we don't do that. But like if there was a Jesus culture concert and you had free tickets to go, you, you know, it doesn't care. Like I'm going, I got these tickets, I'm going to get there. If I have to walk my butt over there, I'm getting there. So we want you guys to do the same thing with Elevate. We start every Friday at 7.30, so if you're walking from home and it takes you about an hour, you can walk and it'll take you perfect because we get out of school at 4 o'clock, right? Just kidding. Don't walk here. Find a bus. How many of you guys take the bus to go to school? Let me just do a survey. How many of you ever taken a bus or been on a train before? Just raise your hand. Okay, most of us here, okay? How many of us have been dropped off by parents somewhere ever? Okay, yeah, me too, right? So here's the thing. We want you guys to... To find rights, get here for both life groups, service. We love you guys. We hope to see every face here. And if we don't see you, we'll hunt you down. Amen. Can I get an amen? 
I don't want you to hunt me down. We're going to do it. Amen. Here, our vision and elevate the same thing as the Sunday service is our vision is loving God and loving people. Can you guys say loving God? No, no. You got to say it like you love somebody. Okay. So we're going to say it like this. Check this out. Man, this song gets me going. Like I can't stop thinking. I just want to dance. Okay. This is how we're going to say I love God. Okay. Say it like that. I love God and I love people. You got to say it like that. Now look at your neighbor. It's going to get really awkward really fast, okay? Okay, make sure you got someone to look at. And say, I love God and I love people. I don't know what accent that was, but <laughs> that was my love language. I love you. I'll never find a girlfriend or get married. Pray for me. And our strategy is to connect, mentor, ascend. We have made some changes as well in the life group, the place where we get together. We meet a little bit more personal. We now meet Saturdays at 6 p.m. Saturdays at 6 p.m. Amen. So get here. Find a way here. It's going to be awesome when the weather gets nice. You want to go out to the beach. You want to barbecue. We're really going to do it. So please come out to the life group. That's where you find out more stuff and cool things like that. Also, discipleship. I'm getting some other youth coming up to me and say, hey, Adam, I want to do discipleship. Guess what? We want you to do discipleship too because that is the heartbeat of what we're doing here in this church. You guys can have been here for about a year. You're finding out like, man, I, is there more? Yes, there's something more. It's discipleship. And if you're in discipleship, it's growing in maturity in discipleship, right? Because I still don't know it all. Amen? I, I, I tell you right now, I don't know it all. So I need to grow as well, right? I'm still being discipled. And so discipleship, we start off with a one-on-one -on -one where we teach you the Bible. We open it up. And you read a word, but like, who is Jehokim? What is Belteshazzar? What in the world? What is the Pythorium? What is that? We teach you, Amen? So reading the Bible can sometimes be hard. We want to grow with you. We want to teach you. And that's called discipleship. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. And once we have done that, once we've connected with you, we've mentored you, we want to send you out. And guess what? When we send you out, you're already going to school. So that's a part of the process. You just live saved. You're getting changed. God is doing some awesome things in your life. And you go and be enlightened in your school. And our goal is 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 500 churches to plant with 50 in the city. If you believe we can do it, say amen. So let's say it like this, say, er, man, I have no idea where these voices are coming, but they're coming somewhere. Amen. Chicago SUM. If you're an SUM student, make some noise. <laughs> I knew it was only Cynthia. I just want to see what happened. Guys, SUM has changed my life. I'm a youth pastor now, not just because I went up and came to church to say, hey, I want to preach one day. Imagine that. If some guy came up in this place, just we call him old Willie, right? He comes in here, hey, I want to preach. And like, yeah, go ahead. And he comes up here, this is what the Bible says. And no, 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 we don't, we don't do that. We like to have people who have been taught. We like to have people who have learned and studied from the Word, studied from people who have studied, have their master's, doctorates. And Bible College SUM is a place to be at. So if you're thinking about it, like, man, I want to check that out, come talk to us, me or Cynthia, after service. Amen? Amen. Ties and offering, you can stand to your feet for me, please. Let me have, let me have my man Tito come on up. I'm calling people out randomly. Amen. Are you nervous? Look at the people. So start with Steph. Go over here. Literally, it just goes away after you look at them. Okay. So you, you see them. Now they're looking at everything that you're doing. No pressure. Um, tithes and offering. Go ahead and go through the tithes and offering for me. So what we're doing here is we give 10% of our total income. So, for example, if if like say your mom gave you 10 bucks, 
today or this week, you give 10% of that, and 10% of that is 10 cents. So, $10, I'm sorry. Whoa, my bad. I failed. I'm He's being cheap on God. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, guys, it's okay. <laughs> so, our offering is, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's whatever you give after that. A little cheapy skake over here. <laughs> it's, it's $10, it's uh, two pennies. <laughs> what? Okay, amen. Acts 20, 35, let's read it out loud, shall we? On the count of three, nice and loud in your reading voice, in your outdoor voice. I know we're in a building, but outdoor voice. This is outdoor voice. Remembering the words... Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everybody here, Father God. We thank you that you bless them to be a blessing, God. We thank you that you provide for them. God, you provide for their family, for all their needs, God. And we just pray, God, that you would use us to provide for others as well, that we can be a blessing to your church, Father. We pray that you would do it, that it start in us. And Father, we also pray that you just move in this service, God. Use your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And then somebody's here. Come on up as you give and as you find your way back to your seat, open up your word to Daniel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. And many, 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 men. Let me have my two friends right here, Michael and Gabby. Let me have you move in this two seats right there for you. We got two seats right next to Lawrence. Love to see your faces. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Open up your Bibles for me, please, to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Amen. And I, I want to share some things that are on my heart. And it's just uh, just good, good word. It's good teaching. It's a good lesson for us to learn and to grow. And so we're opening up our Bible to Daniel chapter 3. And Daniel is part of the Old Testament. Okay, lately we have been focusing, we have been studying um, on, the, on the New Testament. And last week we were actually celebrating Good Friday. We were remembering the cross of Jesus Christ, what he did for us. And, uh, and that was a powerful time. I want to take it back old school because I remember growing up, see, I had the privilege of being in church. So at a very young age, I was in Bible school, and I was learning about all the stories of the Old Testament. You see, one of the things, when you grow up in church, my, I had a Spanish-speaking church, and actually the lady who was teaching me the Bible was my tia. Her name was Tia Petra, and I love that class because every time if we came and we memorized a verse, she gave us M&Ms, the peanut kinds. And if you're seven, six years old, you're going to love that. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'll memorize anything you want me to. It's like, memorize this for next week, color this in, and you're good. Guess what? I cluttered that in. I memorized it. I got peanuts. And if we got lucky, we got Reese's. <laughs> you guys, I got peanuts. Amen for peanuts. Chocolate-covered peanuts. Amen. And so <laughs> it sounds funny. Amen. I can see what you guys are laughing at. But honestly, that's how I learned the Bible. 
You know, it's kind of way like, if you come here, we'll give you this. So I just remember going through the Bible, and as I was going through it, I was learning it. As a matter of fact, in second grade, our teacher every, every Friday had us memorize a verse. Memorize two verses. And I remember at a young age, my, just my, my memory of the word was just coming. Just coming quick, quick, remembering it, reading it, reading it, and then memorizing it. I would go up to my parents' room. I remember this, going up, knock, knock, knock. Hey, what's up? Hey, Mom, it's, it's me. I want you, can, can you test me in this? I don't understand this word. And if there was a word I didn't understand, I'm sitting in my parents' bed, and they're like, okay, say this, and I'm memorizing it. And it was hard, and like, okay, say it like this, remember it like this, sing a song. And I remembering studying the word at a young age, and one of those stories that always gets to me that I want to share with you today is Daniel. The book of Daniel is found in the Old Testament. It's towards the end of the Old Testament. You know the Bible is split in the Old Testament and New Testament. Daniel's in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is basically everything that happened before Jesus Christ. Okay, and the book of Daniel actually takes place. It's recorded when the Israelite people were in captivity under Babylon. And I want to quickly give you a summary and what we're reading and the context of what we're reading. Because sometimes when we just read stories, we don't understand the full entire picture. I'm going to give it to you right now. Israel, okay, Jerusalem, that nation, God's nation, the one God called Abraham, go, you're going to be a nation. And he called them forth to worship him, to be a light into this world so that other nations may see and know God. That nation was falling back from God. They weren't living for Jesus Christ. They were turning away. God said to do this. God gave them rules. He gave them laws. He gave them, you know, things to do. And they did not do that. They turned to idols. After seeing the many miracles that God was doing and performed for them, giving them the land that God had promised, they still said to themselves, we're going to worship other idols. And so they saw other nations. They went around other nations and they saw their gods and they were drawn to this. One of the things that we can look back and say why the Israelite people turned away from God the Father, God Jehovah, was because of this. Other nations had representatives. They have idols, right? They had idols, and their idols were made of gold. You see, other nations, when they made these false gods, when they made these, you know, images, they made it of gold and silver and put jewelry in them. So you would look and you would be surprised, like, oh, my gosh, that's a god. No, it's not. It's just a cow. You made it out of gold. But people were so brought back and there was so the ooh-ahs about these idols. And the Israelite people were like, man, we don't have a, a statue for our God. Let's do that. Let's make an idol for him. Or you know what? Forget that. Let's go ahead and, and take him. Let's take Baal. Let's take this God as our God. And we'll make this idol and we'll worship him and we'll pray to him because he is awesome because we can see him. And those were some of the reasons, and the Israelite people were literally turning their back on the God that saved them out of Egypt, that had provided them, given them the land, everything that they had. They were turning their back. And so God didn't like that. He sent up people. He sent up prophets. He sent up Jeremiah. He sent up Isaiah. He said, go out there and tell them to repent. And so these prophets, you know, Israelite, is, they're enjoying some time of success, prosperity, some good things are happening. They're having cows. They're, they're feeling blessed because God had blessed them. But now they're turning their back. And God says, go wake them up. Go remind them that they need to serve me. And so these people stood up on the street corners and literally saying, repent before God. Turn away from your wicked ways. This is going to happen to you. Prosperity is going to be taken from you. You're going to be conquered by another nation. Get right with God. Turn away from your sin and stop sinning. 
And he's, they're sharing this word. And the people of Israel, um, seeing and having their success, are looking at these prophets. They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> really? If they're having success and looking, you know, no, success is going to leave. Yeah, right. And other prophets came around and says, well, you know what? God is going to bless us even more. And they were false prophets. And everything that Jeremiah had said that Babylon, God was going to raise up a nation to conquer the Israelite people. God had did that. If you read up in chapter 1 of Daniel, it says that God now had raised up the Babylonian army. God raised them up to conquer the Israelite people. The Babylonians conquered Israel. See, when you conquer somebody, you just don't conquer them. You know, like we're in charge now. I mean, you start killing people. You start enforcing your laws. So now you have no freedom. One of the things that they did, they, they start kill their men. They, they made their women and, and they took their women and, and all these different things. You can start thinking about it, pillaging, destroying. And, and, and one of the things that happened, it takes place in Daniel. They took some of the, the men from, from Israel. Like they took some of the strongest, good-looking men. And they took them and put them into the palace to work for the king. Now, it's not found in the Bible, but I heard this preached one time and I've heard it by other people as well. One of the things when they conquered you, when they caught you, when they put you in the palace, it's probably thought that they castrated you. If you were a guy, they castrated you because you'd be of better service. There'd be no harm. You couldn't do anything with the women. So basically, they, they masculized the men. I don't want to get any further, but if you understand what I'm saying, you're no longer a man. They demasculized you. And here the Bible takes place, and we're looking up in the story of Daniel and three of his friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in this uh, uh, empire. They were in this kingdom. And they come and they're forced to serve the king against their will. Because remember, Israel is no longer in power. So they're forced to come and serve under King uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And they're learning their customs. They're learning their ways. And this is where we're going to pick up. The Bible starts up in Daniel where Daniel came up and Daniel was obedient. All these things are happening to Daniel. He's seeing his family. He's seeing his nation under control, under the Babylonian hand. Being mistreated and things like that. But yeah, he's here to serve the king himself. And his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the same boat. Now I want to pick up in Daniel chapter 3. But I want to make some parallels. See, Daniel lived in a time where now serving God was hostile. That right was taken from him. For him to go and say, I serve the king of kings and lord of lords, that would have cost him something. Probably his life. That would at least cost him some jail time. Maybe some lashings. Who knows? But now it was a hostile environment for him to preach the word of God. For him to live for the Lord. For him to be saved. God made opportunities for him. But I want to make some parallels to today. 2012. Fast forward. 2000 over 2000 years. Daniel, the book of Daniel ha happened over 2,000 years ago. Check this out. 2012, Prosser High School. 2012, Shirts. You're going in there. You're going in, Christian, loving Jesus. But doesn't it feel sometimes if you were to share the word of God, it can feel hostile? People want to shut you down. People want to question you. If you've ever done it, you'd know right away that people are not always accepting. Like, oh, I want to hear about Jesus Christ. You believe in God? You may get laughed at. You may get ridiculed. 
I'm seeing some parallels. You want to know what? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Guess how old they were? Take a guess. Young men. 18. Scholars place them around 18 when you came into the service of the king, when you were able to do those things. They place them around 18 years old. How many 18-year-olds we have in here? If you're older than 18, right? Hallelujah. 18 years old, this young man is taken from his home. It's taken from his people and placed in a palace to serve, to be a servant. And his obedience and his love for God got him through. But I want to pick up in Daniel chapter 3. You guys ever heard of the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fire? Amen. This is it. Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to read on. I'm going to read pretty fast, okay? So just, just listen. If you guys don't have your Bible... You guys can look up and look at me as I read it out loud. If you guys have your Bible, you can follow along. And it says this in, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 90 feet high and 90 feet wide, and set up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, the prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all over the provincial, all the prov provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he has set up. So the satraps, the prefects, the governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and stood before it. So this is what happened. This king, the Babylonian king who just conquered Israel, who just conquered them, now is coming up and saying, look, I'm going to make this idol. I'm going to make this idol. It's going to be about me. It's an idol of me. And I want people, I want all the famous people, I want the rich people, I want everybody to come to this idol and we dedicate it. And guess what I'm going to have you do? I'm going to have you worship it. So here's what's happening. They're building this idol. They're calling everybody. Go get everybody. And this thing's probably huge. You know, when you're making idols, it's probably not just... We want everybody to see it so when a crowd comes by, people who are far out can still see this gold thing. And it stands out when the sun hits it, you can see it. And people, when watch, let's keep on reading it. Verse 4, then the herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you are commanded to do. O peoples, nations, and men of every language, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Whoever does not fall and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. He said, look, I want you to make this thing and bring everybody here. And guess what? When you start playing music, I want everybody to worship. I don't care who they are. I want them to worship because I have the power. Make them worship. And so when they heard that, people's lives were at stake. So you better believe that if people heard that music, they went down, faced the idol, started worshiping it. They did everything, got on their face, and worshiped it, an idol. Imagine that if you're living in that kingdom, you have no choice because you're thinking, that's my life. I'm dead. And I love this part of the story because it always gets me, and we're going to pick up in verse 8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, hype, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. Verse 12, but there are some Jews 
who am set over the affairs of the promise of Babylon, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you. O king, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So here we have these guys going ahead and telling us, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they heard this all along, they're like, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. Uh-uh, I'm not going to worship that God. That God is a false God. That God is not a real God. That God is just gold. I'm not worshiping that God. At a young age, to have your life at stake, everything that you know taken away from you, and you will stand up for the gospel. Just some of the things that I'm seeing here quickly and I'm noticing in their lives is the faith these young men had. You see, we talk about faith here in the church a lot. Like, what is it? Can you see it? Can you grab it? Can you hold it? Right? We talk about faith. And when you look at the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's faith. To serve God and to love God, you want to see faith in the action? There it is right there. Your life is at stake, and they're telling you to disown your God and worship this God, and they're saying, no, we're not going to do that. How many of us, if we were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would have the courage, the boldness to do such a thing? It's hard to say, well, I'll do it. You see everybody in the kingdom fall at once. And you're the only one standing. You know what faith looks like? Faith enacted in your high schools and in, in, in your, your families. It's you believing the word of God and you acting upon the word, not someone's response to you. You see, here's the thing. If, if we're called to be Christians, it doesn't mean we're supposed to be here on a Friday, just that's it. But we're supposed to act on the word of God. You see, here's this outside force, here's this outside response that is now making their way and pressing upon Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and saying, you have to do this. So many times in our life, whether within your family, whether within your friends, you may be forced, you may be tempted, you may be prodded into doing something you don't want to do. You may, may have to make decisions where it costs you, man, should I do the right thing or the wrong thing? Should I lie or should I tell the truth? And we all face these situations. Man, no one's here. I can do this. I can get away with this. No one's going to know. And we have the opportunities every single day. This past week, if you be, look back and see all the opportunities you had to respond to God's word, we had opportunities to walk in faith. And I love that because then that becomes your testimony. You get to add that on, man. Man, this is what God did. This is what God saved me from. Opportunities of faith. Now, what do you do when these opportunities come? That's my question. Because I can only be responsible for myself. I can only be responsible when I stand before God. The Bible says I'm going to stand just before him, nothing. I'm not going to be with my phone. I'm not going to be with my friends. I'm not going to be here with my guitar, my family, nothing. My house, my family, kids, if I have them, I pray I do. But I can't take none of that with me. I'll stand before you're responsible for all the actions, everything that you said and did. And I look back in the times where I could act in faith, and I look at you guys, and I get excited because you guys have amazing opportunities to act in faith and demonstrate God's power just by simply being obedient to the word. Hey, bro, I'm, I'm not going to lie, so I'm not going to cheat on the test. You, you want to take that sheet of paper and take it over there because I'm not going to take that. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to look at that because that's, you know, that's not holy before God, and that's wrong. And just because my pastor is not here, I'm not going to do it. 
You have opportunities to act in faith, act upon the word of God. And I love the example that we get from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can you say that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Say it one more time. Say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys are going to fall in love with those names. You're going to name your kids that. Come here, Shadrach. Abednego, stop that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is a good story. Let's pick up in verse 13. Verse 13, it says this. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing fire. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hands? Ha. <laughs> here he is, King Nebuchadnezzar. He's just, I mean, he's going to get rocked by Jesus. And uh, he's over here. It's like, listen, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get taken. You're going to thrown in a fire. What they had did for people who did not worship that God, they made a huge oven. Anybody's ever been to a pizza restaurant where they don't put their pizzas in a, in a stove, but they put it in like this hole in the wall, and they have coals in it. Everybody has seen something like that? Like a hole in the wall, and there's coals. It, it, basically what it is, it's an oven. And the, the hotter the coals get, the more hotter the, the walls get, the more hotter the fire. And things can start burning. I'm talking about, phew. I mean, I, there's this one place right across the street from my Starbucks. They're called Coal Fire, and they have this little hole in the wall. I'm going somewhere with this illustration, right? They have this little hole in the wall. And I'm looking inside of it, and I can see coals. It's really hot. You know, you see the heat. It moves sometimes. You think you see stuff. It's like, oh, snap. And they put a pizza in there for about five minutes. Five minutes, the pizza comes out. The cheese is melted. The sauce is all spread. The pepperoni's juicy. Five minutes. Sometimes you go here at Pizza Hut, they tell you about 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And I'm over here, I'm like, what? I talked to the manager, I said, what is it that makes that thing so hot? It's like, well, we, we clean it out, but what we do is we, we put the coals to a certain place and we stack them up so that it gets hotter. And we put the pizza in there and it cooks. We don't have to put it in there long because it's literally hot. It can take your arm off. He's like, what? It's like, yeah, we only put it five minutes. If, if we're lucky enough, we can get it hot enough, maybe three. And they're just constantly turning it and cooking. And, and I'm thinking about this, think about that that oven that size about the size of this stage from here to there and probably this high think about it or maybe smaller I'm, I'm getting a little excited think about from over there to over there it's huge I don't just give you an idea it was really big right <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about no I do but they had this oven to fit humans in so if Vince, our tallest guy here, is he here? Potty break. But if you guys see Vince, he is the tallest person. Ste why don't you step in here, Vince? Why don't you come on up for me, please? Give it up for Vince as he comes on up. You have to come on up, son. Come on, come on up, come on up. He's like, come on, man. I really got to go. <laughs> this is a big guy. Okay, I met him when I was, what, 20? 20, 19. He was same height then. 
I was the same height. He's a big guy. Like, literally, I was playing basketball with him. I was dribbling. You know, like, you have to back somebody down. I hit him. He's looking at me. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, dang. That's going to eat me right now, for real. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Give it up for Vince. I just use them because they can fit men like him. Maybe not like him. He's really tall. But you guys know what I mean. I just don't know what I'm doing up here. But they had this huge oven. <laughs> this huge oven where they can fit people in. And guess what? It was hot. Hot enough to kill people. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, if you don't do that, you're going in here. And he's laughing at me, saying, who can deliver you from my hand? Who can save you from my hand? Let's keep on reading. Number 16. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. You ever want to talk about a comeback for the ages? You're talking about like, oh, snap. The Bible has one of the best comebacks you can act to a king. It said this. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Woo! <laughs> oh, that gets me excited. You see, they responded from a position of faith that said, you don't understand. Let me tell you how this works. Our God created this earth. The things you used to make this furnace, he spoke and they made it. And they're responding with this in mind. Let me tell you something. We're not going to serve your idol. And even God's going to save us. And even if he doesn't, we're still not going to serve you. Woo! I love that. I would have been over there like, got you. Right? Look at it. He says, I, we will not. And that just shows their heart. I love it when you can hear the testimonies of young people who act in faith. Here's my thing. I'm not saying, well, we have to have great stories of faith. Are you walking in faith so that you can look back and reflect on your day? This is what God did in me. The power of God was on these two young men to respond in such a manner. When things are coming your way, if you're losing um, finances, if you're losing uh, friends, if you're losing relationships with family, will you respond in faith? Will you take the word of God and say, God, despite anything and everything that comes my way, I'm still taking your word and I'm standing on it. If someone comes up, hey, dude, I'm not going to be your friend if you go to church. <clears throat> Even if you're not my friend, I want you to know I'm still going to church. Hallelujah. You guys can say it like that. Even if he doesn't save me, what are you talking about? Listen, you guys have choices to make opportunities of faith to walk it out and God is looking from heaven and he's saying will they do it and he gets excited for those opportunities and guess what faith you just have to walk in it it's obedience to God's word it's obedience to God's word here's the question how many of us are obedient to God hmm? how many of us are obedient to God when he says something 
Some of us want to say we're obedient to God, but we can't even obey our parents. You want to be obedient to God, you can't even obey your leaders. Well, God, I'll follow you. You can't even listen to your teachers. You got to do something to be opposite so you can stand now. I'm like, I'm not going to do it like that. That's not. Hello? Are you obeying his word? Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Let's keep on reading. Then Nebuchadnezzar, verse 19, was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he was, he was furious at his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames and the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing fire. Do you understand? If they stood up for their faith, persecution came. They get tied up. We're not going to do it. Tie them. You're tied up. Imagine you coming up here and someone's tying you up. Get out of here. And they're kicking you and, and they're binding you. Everything you have on. And they said, make that thing hotter. And so they're making it hotter. And the Bible says that the men who threw these guys in died. Because that's how hot the flames were. That they weren't even in the fire, but when they were throwing them in, the fire was too much and their bodies started to melt and they started to die. And they died. And here goes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. Verse 25, he said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the open fire, open blazing furnace, and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps Prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Aha. <laughs> Take that. These men get thrown into the fire, and the king's sitting down like all royal, all proud, like, show those guys. And then, yeah, but he, I, just, but he just, I can just imagine it. You're king. You're not even want to look at it like you're looking back at the people worshiping. You're feeling good about yourself. And you probably look back at the furnace like, I just want to see them burn. And, and to his amazement, there were people in the furnace walking around. Now, I don't know about you, but when something touches fire, it burns. The object, the complexity, the, the shape of that thing doesn't look the same. Right? Okay, don't judge me now. Okay. I've had some stories about playing with fire. I was in a youth camp. I probably shouldn't tell this. Okay, I'll start anyways. Youth camp back in 97. Okay? Uh, I think I was starting to get saved knowing about Jesus anyways. Uh, we, we stood outside. There was a giant fire. We stood in teepees. 
and we were singing songs. We were just telling stories, trying to scary stories. Christian camp, and we were like, man, let's burn stuff. And so we started throwing sticks. The fire was huge, and uh, we went over. We just looked around. Look, there's frogs. So we captured some of the frogs, and and you just notice, like, you capture the frog, and they'll jump from your hand right into the fire. I know I probably shouldn't have told that story, but the fire started coloring, changing color like a greenish, bluish. I promise you, right? It was just crazy. Just There were toads. There weren't frogs. There were toads. They give you warts. But I just remember, just like at a young age, I remember, okay, you throw it. I'm watching this thing, and just like it started to melt. You ever, ever been in a campfire? You take marshmallows. This is a better story. I should have started with this one. Marshmallows, right? You want to make s'mores, you put it on a stick, you put it on a spike, and you put it in there. And if you're talking, you're not paying attention, guess what happens? Your marshmallow's on fire, right? And then you try, you try blowing it off, it's all black. And you pull it off, like the entire middle's on the stick, and you got to like, oh, it's all sticky. I don't know if you guys have, <laughs> you guys ever done that. But this is what happens. It just, you, you can't walk into a fire Instead of the same, you guys ever play with matches? Don't. <laughs> I'm not advising you. Yeah, do it all the time. Stop. We'll pray for you. But it hurts. You know how like you hold the, the fire up, it starts to come down? My point is, the fire hurts. All that to say, the fire hurts. I got it. Amen. And everybody said amen. That's a deep thought. Frogs, marshmallows, matches. The Lord, I feel the Lord on that. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But fire changes. It's hot. We don't play around with that. And here are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Someone say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Someone say Shadrach. Say Meshach and Abednego. Here these guys are walking in this fire. Chill. And if I was them, I'd be dancing. Like, uh, uh, yeah, right? Because you're in fire, right? You see fire just like uh, dancing, techno, like they had that. But I just, re- I, I'm telling you, the king gets up and he's looking at it and he's saying, what in the world? And something in the king's beginning to change. You catch that? I don't know if you caught that. Something began to change for the king in his heart. Verse 26, let's read. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Did you guys catch that? The very same person who called for the furnace to be made, who called for the idol to be made, when he saw the faith and the testimony that these men are still alive in the furnace, something began to change in his heart. Right away, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Wait a minute. Nebuchadnezzar, weren't you the Most High God? Weren't you the one having everybody bow to this idol? Something happens, my friends. Listen to me. Something happens when you live out your faith and other people are around to see it. Guess what? They now start to get impacted by your walk of faith. You want to talk about going somewhere? These young men were conquered by a king, had no choice, but yet in their heart, they knew in their mind that I have a choice to serve him. And if I put him first, he's going to take care of me. 
And by their testimony, we're not bowing down to this idol or to you. God is going to save us. And even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down. Walking around in the furnace. And the very same one who called for them to be killed had a change of heart. By seeing them walking on fire, seeing them do the impossible. Servants of the Most High, come out, come here. I love that. You will have opportunities to live out your faith around people. And people will get surprised. People will stand back and say, come tell me about this Jesus. You live free. You have no more depression. You no longer take pills. You no longer have to go to so-and-so. You no longer feel depressed or lonely. You no longer look at pornography. You no longer do these things. Come tell me about Jesus. And the power and the testimony of you living your faith out so people can see it will impact others. It even did so for this king. And I love this. Let's keep on reading. Verse 28 says this. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that all people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their house be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. He started to get a revelation. There's nobody that can save like your God saves. I just threw you in a fire and you're coming out, you don't even smell like fire. None of your clothes is even singed as if it's been in fire. No one can save like your God. Not a testimony unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That if we live our lives, that I get so consumed by God and start being concerned with my walk of faith, what he's called me to do. And it's not hard what he's called you to do. It's just to be obedient. Obedient to his word. That's what living out your faith is, is being obedient to his word. Doesn't mean you have to go out to your, to your school now and pray for everybody in a wheelchair. If the Lord puts it in your heart, go ahead and do it. But here's the thing. It's not this, like, now i got to get on a spiritual journey and go up to Mount Everest and pray to God and he can hear. No, 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 no. It's being obedient. Do I obey my leaders? Do, do I listen to advice when it's given to me? Do I, do I not steal? Do I not lie? Do I, do I pray? Do I read my word? Do I go after God? Do I repent when I sin? Are you obedient? To God, is your walk of faith growing? And that's how you can check if you're obedient, if your faith is going somewhere. If you can be obedient to the very word of God. And guess what? When you are, the effects not only change you, but it changes those around you. You want to talk about the impossible happening. And yeah, of course, if you would be thrown into fire and you came out, people would see and be like, oh, then for sure I'll believe. But how about the testimony of you and your love for the Lord? And your obedience to him being enough. I remember some of the testimonies. My friends saw me just like, dude, something's changed in you. And they saw it because they didn't know who Christ was. They knew something different had come into my life. Let me ask you something. The people look at you, do they see something different happening in your life? Or is it just the same? Are you being obedient? Not to compare yourself to others. But in your own life, in your own walk, are you obedient and walking in faith? It's the craziest thing that people around you will start getting affected and feel the presence of God. 
You walk into a place and just like, man, I just want, I just got to come up to you. I just, I don't know why, but I feel like I want to share this to you. Man, this happened in my family. And you're just like, oh, man, can I pray for you? And you can lead someone to the Lord. If you understand who God is in your life and you walk that and you understand what he's asking you of his word to live free from sin. And we'll start there. Live free from sin. Not get in a cycle of sin where I messed up this week and next week, Tuesday, next week, Friday, before I come to church, I'll, you know, I'll sin, I'll do this. No, 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 no. Are you free from it and living in faith? In closing, could you stand to your feet for me, please? We get some music just playing in the back, just softly. I look at this story, and I, and I love this story because it, it brings back to light my life. My life before God. See, my life is not the same as Giselle. Giselle, how old are you? 14. I'm going to be 23 in less than a month. It's not the same as Miriam. Miriam, how old are you? 17. Tita, how old are you? 16. Victor, how old are you? 13. Melanie, 13. Hector. 20. You can go around this room. Different ages, different backgrounds. He's still a personal God. He's not going to come up to you and say, now you have to walk out this faith. Now you have to be uh, doing whatever so-and-so is doing. God would meet you exactly where you're at, and he'll build you up there. You can follow our example. We'll teach you. We follow his example. Amen? It's Jesus. I just want us to reflect right now. I want to close everything and end everything in prayer because prayer seals it off. Because prayer is a time where we come and talk to God and say, man, God, your word spoke to my heart. I know that being in youth group, I remember listening to some messages for Job. Excuse me. And as he would talk, if I was, I would deal with some of the things he would be preaching on. And I would sit back in my chair. And I just remember listening like, man, yeah. I get convicted of sin. The Holy Spirit would be working on me. And as he's talking, those things will come up to the surface. Throughout this time I was talking, guess what? God brought some things to the surface. As I said, this one example, living out your faith. You know, trusting on God and moving on that, not be shaken. Some things came to came to example, came to your mind, came to your heart, like you thought about it, and you probably thought a little longer, you oh, oh. See, exactly what God had put in your heart is exactly the same thing he wants you to come and pray. God has a way of doing that. I'm, I'm so serious. Don't come up to this altar and be like, well, God, you're in. Pray for those things that he put up in your heart. Re- quickly. That thing that came up to your mind, whether it's sin, faith, being obedient, whatever it is, pray because he brings it to your mind so we can work on it. And here it is. The end result is for me to glorify God. My life, everything I have, and people around are just going to be impacted by that. Not because I'm going out there and just doing it, but because I'm being obedient to him. It's an amazing thing, the testimony when you get saved, watching other people just live their life. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
people living it out, being an example. Let me tell you what, it's going to be hard. I bet you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when that day that idol was made and they heard the law go out, they're looking at each other. Well, guys, this is it. And if we're going to go out, we're going out praising God. You want to talk about a test? <laughs> they're thrown into a fire. Even if he doesn't save us, we want you to know this one thing, King. We're not bowing down to your idol. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, after everything had happened, servant of the Most High God, no one can save like your God. He saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire. How about this? He saved us from the fires of hell, yeah? As in closing, let's just close our eyes. God, I want you to come in this place. Listen, Elevate, I want you to go after him and just seal this off. I really do. I want you to go after him and pray for those things and just stay there. No move until he lets you move. If you're new to this place, what we're going to do right now, we're just going to pray and come before God and say, God, if there's areas in my life where you need to work in my face so I can be a testimony, so I can go somewhere, God, so I can mature and be the person you called me to be, God, work on those things. And all we're going to do is we're going to come up and we're just going to pray. If this is your first time and you want us to pray for you, or if this is maybe your second, third, fourth, and you want us to pray for you, just in your seats, all eyes closed, just lift your hands up. If you want us to pray for you with something or whatever it is, like, man, I want you to come, just lift your hand up. Amen. Hands going up. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. You know who you are in this place. What we're going to do, we're going to leave this altar for everybody. But I'm going to have Cynthia come on up. I want to have Hector come on up. And I'm going to be up here as well. I'm going to have Monique come as well. And we're going to end this time in prayer. Before you leave, just spend some time with the Lord and just saying, God, where do you want me to grow in my faith? What is faith, God? How can I grow in that? I want to be obedient to what you're saying. I don't want to disobey my parents. I don't want to be rebellious. I don't want to lie. I don't want to steal. I don't want to be angry towards people. God, I want you to change me right now, wherever you're at. We're just going to leave these altars open. If you had raised your hand, find someone in this place. Find one of the leaders up at the front and come up and pray. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. If you're in your seat, before we leave, before we dismiss, I want you to get something out of this time. Even if you didn't raise your hand, just close your eyes. And this is what we're going to do. We're just going to focus on the Lord. And all we're going to do is say, God, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to come into my life right now. Come on, don't be a spectator. If you're in your seat, just ask him for you to grow. Find the areas in your life where you know you can grow. Come on.
God, we pray. We pray, God, the opportunities that you give us to walk in faith, to show you off, God, that we wouldn't back down, that we wouldn't back down, God. Father, that we would represent Jesus Christ. That, Father, we would embrace your son. When you died on the cross, you died for my sins. You died for the things in my life that, that bring you shame. But, Father, you despise the shame. Come on, right now, just receive it. Receive freedom. Come on, receive faith in this place. Oh, Konama So for some of us, if we're waiting for being prayed or, or we're just by our seats, I want you to think of this one thing. This example came to mind. Throughout your week, God's going to give you several opportunities to walk in faith. If not, our entire Christianity is labeled by that, walking in obedience to his word. But some of the areas that you're praying, some of the things that you may be struggling with, God is going to provide several opportunities for you guys to walk in faith. And when you stand before it, it's going to be one of those like, oh, man, I remember Adam had said this. I elevate. I remember. And you're going to have a choice. You're going to have a choice. You're going to have a choice. And the choices that you will make will affect people around you. God's going to give you that opportunity. What will you do with it? What will you do with it? Would you stand up and be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Would you bow down like everybody else and say it's not that important? You make a call. Come on, we're just going to take the next three minutes. Three minutes and we're just going to end this time in prayer. as you are consume this heart